You, me, and HIFMB. Stories of science and the sea. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the next episode of the HIFMB podcast. I apologize for the uh, delay. So we were on a, on a summer holiday break, um, our, our team was. And now I also apologize for the bad audio. This is only during the intro because I'm somewhat recording this on the road. Uh, it's, a, it's a crazy time with conferences being back on the schedule and stuff like that. And yeah, that's why. So in this episode, I spoke to Solomon Sebuliba um, from Uganda. And he's a PhD student at HIFMB. And he's actually working on the on the terms on on redefining the terms around biodiversity and what that means. So we talk about language terms around biodiversity. Then we talk about his history with with museums, with restitution, um, about his time moving from Uganda to Germany. So it's a super interesting episode. I would say one of our best and and super insightful. There's so much to unpack, and I wish you. A lot of fun listening to it, and now I, I spare you any more of this bad audio quality and switch off to the good quality. Enjoy. Okay, welcome everybody to the HIFMB podcast again, and today I have Solomon Sebuliba from Uganda with me. Thanks, thanks, uh, Jan. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, oh man, excited to have you. Yeah, That's, um, yeah maybe maybe to like introduce you a, a little bit you consider yourself a conservation biologist yes i would call myself a conservation biologist and at the moment i'd i'm a political ecologist too mm -hmm. yeah yes. yeah moving into the political sphere right now with your phd at hfmb yes with my, with my yeah. phd oh yeah that's an interesting uh uh history you've you've gone through uh or or evolution you've gone through as a, as a scientist we're going to talk about this later in your cv yes um for now maybe let's talk about the project you're currently involved with mm -hmm. yes uh, my project uh, I, i i i look at biodiversity as mm -hmm. a concept mm -hmm. uh, and uh, uh, maybe in summary i'm looking at how what this uh, concept means how it has evolved mm -hmm. and what it probably would look like uh, in the future and as probably you might well know that uh, biodiversity itself mm -hmm. as a concept or as a term, let's, let's say, you know, words, words really have a lot of power, yeah. uh, came uh, from biological diversity. So there was this conference in 1986, still not so, <laughs> uh, I, I kind of uh, forget the, the, the exact year. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, Rosen, uh, the guy that coined the term biodiversity, mm -hmm. Uh, this was in 1986? Somewhere in 1986, 1989, something like this, yeah, 1986, right. yes. Yeah. Yes, Rosen, uh, Rosen coined this term um, biodiversity mm -hmm. as a contraction of biological diversity. So what was mm -hmm. in his mind was uh, biological diversity is very, very discipline specific. Mm -hmm. And he wanted to come up with a term that kind of uh, draws emotions about what was happening, you know? Oh, okay. And, and so he said, let's take the logic, yeah. the logical out of biological, and this is how it comes up with the term biodiversity. Yeah. So biodiversity, then biological diversity was uh, the variety of life, and it was only used in the spheres of ecology mm -hmm. and biology, let's say. And now came biodiversity in, in, in uh, during this conference, and, you know, in 19... Um, I think 89, uh, mm -hmm. uh, the, uh, Wilson, Wilson uh, came up with a publication called Biodiversity. Mm -hmm. And he becomes now, uh, this is how biodiversity enters into 
their academic spheres, I would say. This is such a cool story of like take the logic out of yes. biological diversity and you have biodiversity. Yes, and yeah. he wanted to create emotions and I think this is what biodiversity has done. It has stirred up emotions. Mm -hmm. And so, um, what the, so the thought behind my PhD is that now we see biodiversity emerging. Okay. And by 1996, we see ecologists having a conversation and a, a strong debate about what biodiversity means. Mm -hmm. For the first time, we see them talking about biodiversity as if there was no biological diversity in the first place yeah. and trying to say what, what should biodiversity mean. Mm -hmm. And in 1996, there were over 80 definitions of what biodiversity <laughs> biodiversity is yeah so and and uh, since then we see biodiversity going beyond ecology and more people coming up with with, di with discussions of what it should mean mm -hmm. and uh, i think by 2000 we were already seeing it in most in almost all disciplines we were seeing it in, e in ecology we were seeing it in social sciences in the political mm -hmm. circles and now biodiversity is something that you hear everywhere yeah. you know even in media now biodiversity made its way there mm -hmm. so we see uh, how terms actually can really make a big difference. Mm -hmm. You know, biological diversity was a term that really didn't make that much impact. And now we see one popular term, biodiversity making such a great impact. Yeah. So I'm kind of looking also into this, uh, what, how this term came into being, how it has evolved, what critical moments informed, for instance, its, its, uh, its, its, its movement from one field to another mm -hmm. and what, where we are now and what probably biodiversity should mean in the future but then because i'm at hifmb of course and we are <laughs> talking about the marine staff mm -hmm. and if you think uh, uh, uh if you remember we've just finished the uh, the biodiversity decade mm -hmm. and now we are in the un ocean decade and now pro I'm, I'm i'm at the stage where we are thinking what will biodiversity actually mean yeah. in the ocean decade and this is where the logic the concept of the bio ocean uh, comes into yeah. into being so i'm kind of coming up with a kind of a new term of bringing the biodiversity in the ocean during the bio, during the ocean decade yeah so, so this is your idea to come up with a new concept of uh, the the bio ocean is is your creation or? yes the bio ocean is my creation if you go online you will see bio ocean <laughs> And probably you will see things like uh, that come from the sea or something like that, products people are trying to sell. Yeah. But this is not where I got the idea. <laughs> the idea is, 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 is unique and it's not, it, 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 it will be defined uh, soon. Yeah, okay. <laughs> how, how did you get the idea? How did you come up with it? So I'm thinking about the ocean and I'm thinking when we talk about, for instance, biodi marine biodiversity, mm -hmm. it's easy for people to think we have a marine environment for instance has a physical space mm -hmm. and then we have biodiversity mm -hmm. so in thinking like this we tend to try and find what i don't know if there is even anything like marine or ocean what biodiversity is in there yeah you know what i mean so i'm kind of um kind of trying to say that we actually probably don't want to think about biodiversity this way in the ocean because the ocean is very dynamic and it's fluid and it's just like a soup <laughs> yeah. So to think about the bio ocean is kind of trying to 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 provoke people to think about a soup. Mm. Where the bio ocean in itself, it's a kind of soup, and maybe we don't have to think about things in that ocean, but we have to think about it together as a, as a soup, whole. Yeah. As a whole. Yeah. As a whole. Uh, but you know, in the other hand, we are trying to bring in the bio bit of it, mm -hmm. not to take out the emotions that uh, Rosen intended to to yeah. stop. Yeah, exactly. In the people, yeah.
That's great. So you you're kind of um, looking at this from from a more complex angle and and really want to incorporate all the different perspectives and and um, perceptions and and thinking ways of thinking about uh, biodiversity in this yes. concept. Yes, so in this concept. So not like thinking about the ocean just as a physical space yeah. in which biodiversity is in, mm -hmm. but to think about the ocean and biodiversity together. Yeah. So the bio ocean should be something that you know, different people have thoughts about. Yeah. Like for me, my bio ocean would be the water and 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 and, and, the, and the and the and the and the and the rocks, for instance, and the reefs. Me, my bio ocean would look like you know something like this. It's kind of trying to foreground all these other thoughts that, for instance, now biodiversity can no longer do because mm -hmm. if you say marine biodiversity, then we've come back to the point of going back to uh, where we began, like with biological diversity. Mm -hmm. which was a very specific way of thinking about things. And I think now biodiversity has also come to a point of, you know, we are talking more or less like a crisis. You know? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. So biodiversity is a crisis term now. Yeah. And maybe we, we, we could also think that we are, it's easy for people to think we are at a point of no return. Mm -hmm. And maybe now we start to, we need to bring up a kind of new way of thinking yeah. that allows people to to think about things like it's not necessarily a crisis, but we can also have opportunities there. Exactly. There are things we can do about it. Yeah. And so the bio-ocean also goes back to, you know, when biodiversity began, mm -hmm. something that, first of all, is timely, mm -hmm. you know, in a point where we want to address a certain crisis, biodiversity came into being. Mm -hmm. And now, like, we are living in the ocean decade, and the biodiversity decade ended. So where does biodiversity <laughs> fit? And so bio-ocean kind of brings all these things together. We we want to foreground, we want more people to bring up a debate, a new debate that kind of uh, uh, addresses the the, the, the the crisis we have in the ocean. Absolutely. And and I think it's really important that you're kind of trying to spearhead this this uh, debate right now. Yes. Because like, I, I, I feel like this exactly happened to the uh, climate change crisis where people felt like uh, they can't make a difference there's there's only a crisis you can't it's too big to be addressed exactly and and kind of biodiversity is is lagging behind um uh, climate change always a little bit and is going through the same moments in time yeah. and and maybe one addition that we should not forget is that now during the the ocean decade if you think about the things we are talking about mm -hmm. We are talking about marine genetic resources. Mm -hmm. And most importantly, we are talking about benefit sharing. Yeah. So it just looks like the biodiversity decade ended. And now we are into a new decade where we are talking about sharing nature, where we are talking about exploiting it in a way. Yeah. So it, it is, it's, 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 I think it's, it's, it's high time now we began to bring back new minds and new thoughts to, to debate what actually biodiversity in the ocean yeah. or what, what what the bio ocean should mean mm -hmm. so this 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 is the idea that we can foreground and bring back uh, this discussion again i love it yes hey, Thank and you. and so, so what's the what's the status right now you started here in in 2021 in july july, july. Yes. yeah okay yeah the status now is uh i hope i can i can already introduce it so we will <laughs> have a publication soon about what bio ocean introducing the bio ocean oh, with probably my ideas at the moment mm -hmm. and and i hope that it can it can spark a new debate to to see what people think about the bio ocean in this decade yeah great yes. do you, when do you think it will come out 
Um, hopefully end of this year. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes. Oh, that'd be that'd be big. So watch this space. Yes. I, I, you're on Twitter as well, right? Yes, I'm on Twitter. Okay, so we yeah. can follow your Twitter. What's the handle? At Solomon Sebeliba. Yeah, perfect. Yes. Then watch that space for sure. <laughs> okay, and uh, since we already uh, talked about when you got here to HFMB, um, maybe let's talk about your life for a little bit because that's really, really interesting. Um, so you're from Uganda originally. Yes, I'm originally from Uganda, landlocked country. Yeah. <laughs> so it's actually even interesting that I'm here. Yeah, that's true, yes. <laughs> looking at marine stuff. Yeah. And where I come from, it's a landlocked country. Mm-hmm. Yes. And you, you, so you started your bachelor's in, in Makere University? Yes, Makere yep. University, the, the biggest and major university in Uganda, Kampala. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that was, you finished in 2014? Yes, I finished my bachelor in 2014, did my bachelor in conservation biology. Yeah, nice. Yes. And so, so, and then after that, you you stayed in in Uganda for a little bit, just to put a little bit of structure to your uh, uh, interesting CV. Uh, yes, and yeah. uh, after after that, after my bachelor's, mm-hmm. I was lucky. I mean, a little before I even finished my master's, mm-hmm. I was lucky that I I started working already uh, as a graduate consultant, mm-hmm. where I did uh, environmental impact assessments uh, uh, for for oil companies, but also uh, for uh, Uganda Wildlife Authority. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that's with ACOM uh, yes. that you work with. Yes, yeah. I so there so uh, Uganda already was beginning to explore oil mm-hmm. uh, in the in the in the Western Rift in the Western Rift. That's the Albertine Rift. Yeah, when was this? <coughs> uh, around that time. Ar- yes, it was around that time. I mean, it's not ec- they had already begun because I think around 2012. This is when yeah. uh, uh, already they were beginning these explorations yeah. but it was more or less earlier on in the in the uh, during this time and mm. i did work uh, uh with the, with teams to to do impact assessments uh, for for acom and total and and yeah. oil yeah yes. yeah total we probably know fr- uh yes a, a petrol company here in i think they have petrol stations here in germany yeah, yeah. i think i've seen yeah. shell and total i yeah. think i've seen yeah yes. exactly and then um, you then work for for the uh, Wildlife Conservation Society as well. Yes, I was. Uh, the thing is, I was a consultant that mm-hmm. was under Macquarie University and working under the Zoology Museum. Oh, I see. Okay. And then we were always contracted, and most of the times uh, it was Wildlife Conservation Society that mm-hmm. contracted that contracted us for for this kind of work. Do they have a, a like a like a office in Uganda or are yeah. They, yeah, yeah, they're so based. It's, it's, it's an international organization with offices uh, across the world. And yeah. They do have an office in Uganda. Nice. Definitely. In yes. in what city are we talking? In Kampala. Kampala, okay. Yes, Kampala, the capital of Uganda. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Uganda, I, I always, whenever I think about Uganda, it's always the, 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 the flag. Yeah. It's one of the coolest looking flags, I think. Is yeah. it is it an ostrich in the middle? It, it is a gray crowned crane. Oh, okay, right. Yeah, yeah we, which we call a crested crane. Yeah, okay, crested crane. And <laughs> yeah, and then crane. so many colors, right? So so many lines. So the, actually, it's it's similar to the German flag without yeah. the crane. So if we if it's just like you know you're going for sport, you would have, <laughs> you know, black, yellow, red. All ah, right, okay. And German is just red, black, and yellow. Uh, um, <laughs> black, red, yellow, yes. Yes. Or, or gold. Yeah. So yeah. for us, it's black, yellow, red. Mm-hmm. And so if you just if we are just if things were just happening and it was football, you might think, yeah. oh, these are similar countries. But no. <laughs> no. And ours is always six stripes. 
with the flag. Ah, yeah, yeah, they're, they're repeated, right? Yeah, so, yeah the black colors are repeated. Red, black, yeah. yellow, red. Maybe yeah. I think to, to kind of defy it from German. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. Um, and yeah, so, so then you worked for, for uh, WCS, so the World uh, Conservation Society. No, Wildlife, Wildlife. Conservation Society. Mm -hmm. That's it. And um, after that, you moved to Israel, did you? Or no, I, I, I didn't necessarily move to Israel, although mm -hmm. I visited Israel oh, okay. for, for this particular work. But right. I did work with uh, the role of bats as uh, above viruses. So this was mm -hmm. part of the project that I worked on. and. Oh. Yes. Okay. And so, so um, of of bats in Uganda. In still. Uganda, right. exactly. Okay. Actually, this is one of the project where we already had uh, seen coronaviruses. We did detect okay. uh, uh, similar viruses. I'm, I'm, I've not been part of the project since then. Yeah. But I have a feeling uh, he must be happy that. This <laughs> <laughs> back this in 2016 already. Yes, that's back in 2016. Yeah. Yes. That's sick. Okay. So the. And and then you only you, you never lived in Israel though, or uh, no? I didn't live there, okay. but I went there for uh, part of this project. Mm -hmm. Yes. What's it like? Great. Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> it's, it's, oh, it's it's always uh, I mean, there's there are tensions. I would say because of what is happening in the yes. region. But yes, yeah. of course. It's great. It was great. Lived there for a week. Yeah, <laughs> for a week. <laughs> Okay, and in 2016 with um, WCS, with the Wildlife Conservation Society, you also worked on, on, a, on a major assessment, the, the National Red List IUCN uh, of, of Uganda. Yes, uh, so I was uh, part of the team and, and I was in the MAMO team mm -hmm. that worked on, 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 on producing that list for, for Uganda. Yeah? Yes. What's that experience like? It was great because... Um, I couldn't believe that I was working with IUCN at this point. Yeah. And I was kind of like very young and, and just come out of university. Mm -hmm. And now, look, I was, you know, making these assessments based, first of all, on data that was existing, but also on now the constant projects that I was now working on uh, mm -hmm. uh, in the different regions of, of, of the country. Yeah. So it, it was a great experience, you know, sitting there and you have more or less the burden to to use all these indicators to produce something that would be really relevant and yeah. useful. Did it have good uh, political pickup or, or what's, what do you think? Um, I would always say science doesn't have much political pickup. Yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> yes, science doesn't have so much political pickup. And probably this is partly why I also had to, to kind of start thinking more or less like the political side of things. This is when you started? Yes, thinking, this is okay. when I started thinking about it because I remember uh, the same time during uh, which uh, the National Red List was produced mm -hmm. was the same time we were giving uh, advice about, about where they should put the pipeline or not yeah. and what measures they should take. Mm -hmm. And I was so excited and I felt like, oh, I'm, I was achieving something and doing something really, really important. Yeah. And I remember even before we were done with all these other assessments that we were running, we realized that the very place we had said they shouldn't put a pipeline, mm -hmm. they were already beginning to build. And this is why I started thinking more of the political side. I realized that yeah. the policy, the politics, the, these people had more power. They, they were doing more or less the things that <laughs> we wanted to achieve. Mm. Yes. Yeah, this is fr must be frustrating. Yeah, it's frustrating. And I think it's the same with many scientists who are working in conservation yeah. because it's 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 not just about the science it's also about who has the mandate to to make things happen 
Is this why you started then working after that with with more of of the ministry side of things or? So from then, when I went to the ministry side of things, not because I wanted to do the political side of things, but during these projects now, I was more or less interested in the socio-political side of things. Mm -hmm. So although I was hired as a as a zoologist who yeah. was working with mammals, I then now started really, because I do remember in this project with the ministry, mm -hmm. I did take interviews with, 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 with local people and asking them about things and had conversations with the local council mm -hmm. about how they implement certain things. So this is where my mind began to start thinking about the social and political side of things. Yeah, yes. yeah. I, I have that same point, not not at the same time, but I had that same point during my career at some point when it's like, well, there's more to this than just the biological or just the ecological side. Exactly, then, yeah. yes, which which we often, you know, ignore, but yeah. this is true. Exactly. Yeah. And and you work with a with with a lot of museums as well. Yes. Uh, uh, so I'll, uh, when when we when we when you go to the field and collect stuff, mm -hmm. so you know, usually for people who are not involved involved in specimens or who are not interested in specimens, they would, for instance, just deposit them in the museum. Mm -hmm. And for us, because I was also working closely with the museum. We would collect and I would prepare specimens. So I was not just going and doing ecological assessments, mm -hmm. but I was also preparing museum specimens, which we would take back to the zoological museum mm -hmm. uh, for, for curation. And then I also worked with the herbarium then. And so this is how I began uh, already working with collections and, and museums and the, and the like. Mm -hmm. Did you enjoy it? It's always beautiful. It's always <laughs> nice. And it's just that... After a while, you start to think if we should actually keep on collecting. Yeah. Because then the essence of museums, you start to see that, okay, museums have these collections, mm -hmm. and why shouldn't research just happen in museums with the collections that are already collected? Yeah. Why should people always go outside there to collect? Of course, not denying the fact that there are certain kinds of research, there are certain forms of research which require constant collecting mm. or collecting and of course which is not that damaging as per what we say you know it's not damaging to the to these communities yeah but most of the research now does not necessarily require collecting mm -hmm. yeah you say. you mentioned before that you have some um that your views about uh, extractive research have changed somewhat yes so yeah. i i'm kind of also now i don't really support a lot of extractive uh, Research, which I think is also gaining momentum in the ecological mm -hmm. ecological field, especially when For it sure. comes to uh, to certain uh, to certain organisms. I think it shouldn't happen for many for many things, mm -hmm. especially if we have already uh, collections that are existing. Yeah. So uh, uh, extractive research becomes something that we should not really be because if we are conserving mm -hmm. and we don't really need to collect, why are we actually spearheading the group that is? Yeah, really taking things out of the environment. Yeah, yeah. You, you you were involved back back then with with um, extractive research. You said I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because we used to collect bats, uh, so yeah. uh, bats, small mammals. So of course, uh, you would argue that the the things we were collecting mm -hmm. are kind of like really have high populations that our collecting probably does not have that much impact. But you never know. We do not know. Exactly. You know, so it, we were collecting small mammals, mice and stuff like that, and bats, mm -hmm. uh, birds too, but usually we let them go. You yeah. Know? So, but uh, we did collect some birds too and, and, and the like. So this was in, in 2016? and Yes. So this is the whole period, 2014 to 2016, I was doing 
all what I was doing, but at the same time doing uh, collecting and, and, and yeah, curation with museum. Very busy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I had a pretty, pretty tight career from 20, I would say 13, because just was a little before I finished my, my, my bachelor, mm-hmm. I was already involved in these kinds of research. Yeah. So I, w- I was lucky to have been part of this on a very, very high, on a very uh, early stage. Absolutely, yeah. And you, and you for sure made, made a hell of an impact already. with. Hopefully. Yeah, <laughs> no, I think so, definitely. And uh, so, so this is all still in Uganda. You're still living in Uganda at this stage. Yeah, at this stage, I'm still living in Uganda. I had, uh, um, uh, uh, of course, uh, field trips for which I had to go, for instance, to, to Kenya and, and to Tanzania. Mm-hmm. But um, all this was uh, around Uganda. Me, best in Uganda. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And then um, f- for the for the Field Museum of Natural History, it's, it says USA, but it's um, it's based in in Uganda. Yes. Yeah. So for the Field Museum, it was also based in Uganda. Although again, so it was always the case. Yeah. So I I had work based in Uganda, and mm-hmm. I had field trips where you had to go for because of the collecting. Right. Uh, uh, yeah. Thing. Okay. And then in 2018, you, you moved to another museum, to, to Senckenberg Museum. Yes, in 2018. So after working for those two, yeah, more or less two solid years, mm-hmm. I, uh, there was this new course uh, that had begun in Golitz, uh, Biodiversity and Collections Management, an international course. Mm-hmm. And, then and that's a master's course? Yeah, yeah, it was a master's course. And I remember that uh, one of the, of, the, of the directors of that course... Uh, sent an email to my then supervisor and said, oh, there is this international course and you should share it. Mm-hmm. And there was two scholarships and I managed to get to, to get one of those. Congrats. And yes. And this is how I came to Germany in 2018. Mm-hmm. Is in 2018, yes. Yeah. yeah no, no. No? In, 26, in the end of 2016. End of 2016? Yeah, okay. yeah, I, 20, yeah. yeah. End of 2016. Okay. Oh, that's mixed up. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Yeah. And... and is this your first time moving out of Uganda? Ah, uh, yes. Okay, yes. and but 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 you also have a family, right? Um, yes. And and how 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 did you manage that? Yeah, it was kind of complicated because yeah. I got married in 2015. Mm-hmm. Congrats and again. Thank you. <laughs> yes, I got married in 2015, and of course, I was doing this kind of work already, where I have to go to the field and spend three weeks in you know one week around, and sometimes it's even it was even longer than that. Mm-hmm. And so we were kind of starting to get used to these kind of routines that I go away and yeah. come back. But we always knew that I was somewhere around around home. And in 2016, now there was a big leap and I had to go away. And we had had our, um, our, our first, first child, our daughter. Mm-hmm. And this was hard. It wasn't easy, but we kind of, I kind of had a plan that in the coming, in the following year, I would probably have my wife and, and daughter joining. Yeah. And and yes, and it did happen. It worked out that in the following year she made it. Did you actually live in Görlitz? Because that's like in the in the middle of nowhere. In yeah, Saxony. yeah. I, I, w- I lived in Görlitz. I would say um, we had a great a great team in Görlitz. The Zeckenberg was a great was great. There was a great community there. Mm-hmm. there were really really nice people uh, in Zeckenberg. Yeah. And they really provided a lot of support for us. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then. Um, you you moved from from Görlitz to to Regensburg then directly or or no no so after my masters uh, that was in twenty 
So I finished submitting my masters in 2019. Mm-hmm. My wife finished then too. Mm-hmm. So and uh, she was lucky that in 2019 she immediately she finished. Mm-hmm. I mean I wasn't just applying but I also had projects in my mind. And one of these is actually a summer school mm-hmm. on biodiversity and collections management so for which we finally got funding from Volkswagen mm-hmm. and it's it's running. And uh, It's still running? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. It's nice. still running. Yes. Yeah. And um yeah, but then I was kind of trying to find a PhD. Mm. And I wanted to do at first I was thinking I want to do something ecological. Mm-hmm. So my maybe for the first month I was applying for that. But then I thought maybe do something you want. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of started trying to find things in the political ecological but with the political you know tinge to it. Yeah. It was really hard, but my wife immediately <laughs> she finished, she applied three times and she got yeah. a position and this is how we moved to Regensburg in 2020. Uh, during the pandemic or before? Yeah. yeah. So the thing is, the day we shifted, that's when the lockdown happened. Oh, no. We were almost we, we almost got locked down, you know, from entering Bavaria <laughs> during this time. Oh God. Yes. <laughs> in in Regensburg, she she's that there's a university there or? Yeah, to yeah. the into the university there. So she does her PhD there in botany. Sweet. Yes. Is she enjoying it? I I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hope and so. then. And then you kept uh, uh, applying for for or looking for PhDs. Yes. Yeah. So I, so now we I I continue to look for PhDs again in political ecology and and political things. Yeah. And and this is how I finally yeah got got here. Yeah, sweet. Yes. And this is so at that point you you were only looking for po- uh, political ecology stuff. You you definitely wanted to stick with a political angle that you've taken. Yes, yeah. I wanted to do something. Uh, ecological but with a very social and political thing in it mm-hmm. and and while making an impact for sure yes, while trying to make an impact i don't know how that is going to happen but i will <laughs> with the with the bio ocean for sure hopefully it's, it's gonna it's gonna kick some rocks down the down the hill yeah. i don't know if this is the thing let's, let's hope let's let's hope let's see yeah and yeah. then in so and and you mentioned before um looking at your publications right now and and you mentioned before that um the the Savoy report actually came surfacing in 2018 it is yes in yeah. 2018 there was the Savoy report that mm-hmm. talks about restitution yeah and repatriation so I yeah, can you know how different these words are but restitution yeah uh, would mean taking back things that are cultural in a way mm-hmm. and repatriation I, i've heard this i'm not sure how different they are would mean more less like the biological things mm-hmm So like you say restituting uh, cultural objects yeah but you would say repatriating human organs mm-hmm. or, uh, or human uh, bones or for instance yeah so this is but I don't think there is a really major difference yeah. there yeah but it's smallest uh, talking about the same thing or maybe you could say repatriation is taking back in, I mean if you consider just the grammar of it mm-hmm. and restitution is really putting them there <laughs> it's yeah okay Yeah. But you you so for you out of that sprung two very impactful publications I think and and yes. and you mentioned you were getting a bit of uh, pushback against against one of them. Yes, yeah. uh, against uh, the so my master thesis was just evaluating collections as biodiversity databases mm-hmm. but also as development engines. Yeah, so this this 
so for me my 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 masters mm-hmm. was about evaluating these collections in Africa mm-hmm. so first the op- the whole thing was targeting lots of museums in Africa yeah it's just that there was not enough funding to to do all this and there was not a lot of time to do that mm-hmm. so i kind of was evaluating um museums in Africa their state and all these things and i did a short analysis and stuff mm-hmm. and uh, the savo report comes into being in 2018 yeah and somehow i get sucked into the savo report because <laughs> somehow my 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 study was talking about the state of these collections and i was already saying there are problems here yeah and we need to really look critically into these problems mm-hmm. if you want these um institutions to continue being uh, uh the databases we want them to be mm-hmm. and so i got sucked into the savo report because then here i was kind of also supporting the idea that look the things they are not doing well and we can't take back things mm-hmm. you know in, in in that kind of sense but also this was something that i also shared that, that i understood and and kind of believed in i didn't believe that restitution was anyways a solution yeah. especially when it came to biological uh pro- biological objects mm-hmm. i thought what was important was kind of uh, uh 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 to 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 help these institutions you know be able to do the kind of work we expect them to do mm-hmm. to set up kind of uh uh their infrastructure and staff and staff all these were problems so if you read my paper yeah. evalu- threatened heritage mm-hmm. um uh, evaluation of nat- i think natural history collections in in East Africa Uganda Kenya and and Rwanda something like this mm-hmm. you realize that i was kind of giving also what is possible to do and i was thinking this was a better way to think about things than saying taking back things to these places for which the capacities were lacking and and things like that and yeah. of course i had a lot of backlash from uh, people who thought it doesn't matter these were our things and we need them back mm-hmm. and it's a whole lot of debate because we have we have uh, we have uh, 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 it's a whole big debate because we have other political and social aspects that are tied to this if exactly. you want them back yeah to what to a public museum mm. many museums are actually now privately owned yeah and if it's to a private let's say to a to a publicly owned museum is the museum willing to curate this mm. is it willing to take responsibility of all of the objects we are talking about yeah so for me my idea was restitution is no win win for anyone mm-hmm. restitution was like okay i took your things you want them back i give them back to you and now i don't have a problem with what happened mm. because restitution rotates around the colonial legacies yes that are happening now mm-hmm. but do we solve legacies by taking back things and feeling like okay for us the french or the the the, the germans or whatever we have taken back things mm-hmm. it should be about for instance i always think for me my argument was and that has always been instead of spending money in trying to do research about these restitutional debates and stuff like that mm-hmm. maybe we need to put money as a like give if it's a give back it should be a give back of let's help these institutions mm-hmm. be able to stand exactly so that they can curate even the collections they have yeah because to say that it means that those everything that was in africa is now in europe that's not really true yeah these museums have really great uh, objects there they really have things for research and what we need is that and not just restitution Mm-hmm. So of course I got a black backlash because uh many people thought okay you should these things belong to us and it doesn't matter. Yeah. 
it doesn't matter they just bring them if we, if they get destroyed or whatever it doesn't matter we just want them back it doesn't matter we just want them back and yeah. i was thinking that's no win yeah exactly yeah that's no win whatsoever so it, it is what is <laughs> what it is yeah. it's yeah it seems like you're you're always highlighting that there are more complexities to to yes things. because i mean people think like if you just take back objects and then what mm-hmm. you yeah, know exactly. i always say after let's say five years ten years we will have a report a very big big drama that you know they talk back dinosaur bones to the museum let's say in tanzania yeah and now look what happened to these dinosaur bones that we had kept for 30 years mm-hmm. that we had managed to curate yeah. because of course you took them back to Tanzania mm-hmm. which didn't have the capacity to curate them mm-hmm. so if you want to take them back to Tanzania in any case you should be able to first support what was actually destroyed there which is the institutions yes. that used to i mean even dinosaur bones i don't think they were curating them before that <laughs> but what i mean is that you know you have to first support those institutions to be able to do that and mm-hmm. me what i think is that museums across the world should build more collaborations should think about things like representation mm-hmm. how do you represent cultures from other places you know instead of thinking about you know issues of let's repatriate and take the blame away from us yeah. Th- this i don't think is is the ideal situation mm-hmm. yeah exactly so and um since you're now since you got the phd in 2021 and and you're probably finishing in the next 2 3 years 2024 yes 2024 yeah what do you think is next for you yes what is next for me i th- sometimes think about doing a postdoc mm-hmm. and maybe i will see what i want to to really um assess then we still have the phd already here and i'm i'm still f- kind of fi- figuring out what i want to yeah finish how i want to finish it absolutely but uh yeah you're only a year in i mean there's not too much pressure yeah exactly yeah. but in the long run i think i'll go into politics mm-hmm. <laughs> all right yes in the long run i think after my postdoc or whatever or if i don't do my postdoc mm-hmm. in any case i think at one point i will i love to do kind of advocacy and i might end up in politics sometime maybe if in, in the next 10 or 15 years yeah. i might end up seeing myself in it, in it, the political side of things i really feel like i there needs to be somebody you know moving this direction from the scientific yeah uh, absolutely yes yes do you do you think you'd you'd stay or or you'd go into a political uh, sorry in the international politics realm or i i hope i can stay in the international realm yeah. i mean i if there is anything like international yeah <laughs> if that exists but i i would love to to keep my keep an eye on the more or less like the international mm-hmm. scene and yeah maybe th- you know we have the high seas now where there's no one and yeah this is partly it <laughs> <laughs> maybe i could be somewhere could could become stakeholders in these frontiers where there are no yeah. really defined stakeholders yeah Yes. Do you do you think it stay in Germany or um move back to Uganda? Yeah, I mean at one point I think of course at one point I think we might end up going back to Uganda at mm-hmm. one point. It's not something I think about now. Okay. It's it's something that I think I feel like um I would live anywhere that allows me to be in Moles in the international mm-hmm. you know setting. 
so if i even if i went back to uganda mm-hmm. i would love it if i can keep my connections uh, across across the world so yeah. for me this is more important than anywhere i'm living so whether i live in uganda whether i live in germany it's important that i'm able to 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 have a kind of international setting around that's very well put i yes. think <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> then I wish you all the best with your PhD. I hope, I, I, I mean, I know there's going to be massive things coming out of that and good luck with the publication at the end of this year. Thank you. Thank yeah. you so much. And good luck with the family in, in Regensburg. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> all the best. Bye-bye. Bye. Want to dive deeper? Surf over to hifmb.de or follow us on Twitter at hifmb underscore ol.